0: Welcome to Awaken to Grace. I'm Chad Robertson. and I'm your Bible teacher today. I can't wait to share today's sermon with you, because if you are like most families today, you see the carnage of what Satan is doing in our culture, in our society, and perhaps even in your own family. Today, I have a sermon from John chapter 10, and I'm calling it Satan is at the door. And if you are someone that Satan is attacking your family, perhaps your marriage, your children, your grandchildren, and you need someone to pray with you, you need someone to agree in the Lord with you, I would love to do that with you. If you listen to today's sermon and you want to contact me, I would love to hear from you. I would love for you to send me an email and tell me specifically how I can pray with you. You know, friends, you and I live in a dangerous day. You and I live in what the Bible calls the last days. And Satan is as a roaring lion prowling about, seeking whom he may devour. And if he has set his sights on your church, if he has set his sights on your family, on your marriage, your children, then I want to stand with you in prayer. Message me today. You can email me so easily, so quickly. My email is pastorchadroberts at gmail.com. And you know, even though I'm completely blind, I'm a blind pastor, I receive each and every one of your emails. Tell me who you are, where you're listening from, but most importantly, how I can stand with you in prayer for your family, for your marriage, for your church, because together we are going to overcome the evil one. Well, let's get to God's Word today. John chapter 10 in this special sermon called Satan is at the Door. John chapter 10. While you go there, I want to share with you a dream that the Lord gave me a few years ago when I first went blind. I never paid much attention to my dreams until I lost eyesight. And after going blind, I pay far more close attention to them now. This was one of the most vivid dreams that I had ever experienced. I was here at the church We were in the lobby, and there were a group of people, not very many, just a handful. And I remember I was standing at the front glass doors, looking out over the parking lot. I would say I had only been blind less than a year at this point. And it amazed me what all I could see, how vivid my memory was in everything that I could see. And all of a sudden, there was this long black snake coming down, center st- uh, coming down Sullivan Street. A long snake, but an average looking snake. But nonetheless, I was intrigued by it. Now, I've always been fascinated with snakes. Not fascinated as in pick one up. I would scream like a little girl. I mean fascinated, whereas the times that I have encountered a snake, I will, you know, want to mess around a little bit. I remember one time seeing this black snake where I was on a walk and I found the longest stick that I could and I would poke it a little bit. But as soon as it would move, I'd jump back, you know. Not going to get near it. I remember one time when I owned a Christian bookstore on Netherland Inn, it was October. It was beginning to get cold. I found this little baby snake in the uh, parking lot. And I, uh, it, it, was, it was growing quite cold, so it was very slow. Couldn't really move much. And I remember getting a broom and, and putting it in a dustpan. I was just going to you know put it out over the deck area and you know, whatever. And, but it would, it would strike that broom. And I was just fascinated by it. And I just played for the longest time, just letting it strike. Now we're not that type of church, okay? Don't don't go there. (laughs) That could give a preacher a bad reputation real fast. We might need to edit that out of the online sermon. I don't know. So I'm standing in the lobby. And I'm looking out those double glass doors. And this long, average-looking black snake is coming down Sullivan Street. And it comes into our drive area, coming into this lower parking lot. The next thing that I know in this dream, and it was so vivid, it's at the front door. And this thing rises as large As tall and as big as I am. And I'm staring face to face with this gigantic serpent. All of a sudden, its hoods open. Its forked tongue begins to sliver. So what do I do? I start pecking at the door, trying to get it riled up, trying to get a reaction out of it. I want to see it strike. And I'm pecking that glass as hard as I can. And I'm just feeling that thrill that, oh, I can't wait to see it strike. And I'm trying to, and I'm pecking it like that. And the next thing I know, that thing is in our church, in our lobby. And trying to attack me. I wake up from that dream. Heaving. Because I felt that serpent trying to attack me. It's one of the most vivid dreams. I've ever had in my life. I have a friend in Florida. And I was sharing this dream with her. She said Chad. The Lord is wanting to tell you something out of that dream. Give me a few days to pray about this. and I believe God wants to say something to you. She called back a bit later and she said, Chad, the Lord has really spoken to me about what you saw. The Lord, she said, Chad, I want you to listen to this very carefully. She said, the Lord said, when that snake's hoods came out, the Lord said, beware of falsehoods, deception. She said, Chad, when you began to tap that glass and you were pecking at that glass, she said, the Lord told me to tell you, don't play with deception. Don't entertain it. Don't mess around with it. You take it with all seriousness. What we've seen, the way Satan has tried to interfere and oppose the work of God going on right here. I believe in many ways we're seeing the interpretation of that dream come to pass. You look at this generation, you look at the culture that you and I are dealing with. And what did Jesus say is going to be the number one sign of the last days deception. What does the scripture say all the way? It's a thread through all the way through the last days that, we, that you and I live right now. What does it say? Be not deceived. We live in a day of absolute deception. Look what this culture is trying to do to our very children. All this gender confusion, all this gender, gender fluidity, all this... Cra- Listen, this is deception at its highest form. You and I live in a day of absolute deception. And what are we going to do as a church? Are we going to see it for what it is? Are we going to recognize it for what it is? Or are we going to peck at that glass? And are we going to play around with it? That's the word the Lord is giving to me. Do not mess around with it. Deception is going to be a number one sign of the last days. You and I live in a day where there are no absolute truths any any longer. That's why our culture is where it is right now. There are no absolute truths. The next time that someone tries to talk to you about Christianity or about truths or what you believe or what is right or what is wrong, and they want to say, Well, I tell you what, what's right's right for you, what's right's right for me, and let's just leave it there. What's wrong for you may be right for me, what's right for me may be wrong for you. So, but is that true? No, it's not true. Is that true in areas of money? If I owed you a thousand dollars and I came to pay you and I pulled out ten 10 dollar bills, could I say, well, what's a thousand to you is not a thousand to me. Would this culture accept that argument? Well, I mean, to me, a $10 bill is as good as a $100 bill. No. We don't accept that when it comes to money, do we? There's an absolute truth when it comes to money. That if you owe me something, you owe me all that you owe me. Not what you feel is right. We don't accept it in our medicine, do we? If you went to your pharmacist and they said, well you know we had uh we had a little bit of uh poisonous material here that we think got into your medicine but don't worry about it what's poison to you may not be poison to someone else so no there's an absolute truth to it right we don't accept that in measurements if you if you go to buy a piece of property or you go to buy a house and, 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 they, and they tell you that that house is 2,000 square feet. But in reality, it's only 1,200 square feet. Do you accept that? Well, what's a square foot to you and not a square foot to me? So why when it comes to morality? Why when it comes to right and wrong? Why when it comes to sin? Why, when it comes to biblical truth, is it okay to have this loose standard of what's right for you is wrong for me? What's wrong for you may be right for me. Let's don't be deceived. So, you and I, as we look at this culture and as we look at the day that you and I live, we have to understand what Jesus said, that verse 12 of chapter 10 He's going to say, uh, the hireling, uh, who's not a shepherd, when he sees the wolf coming, he leaves the sheep. The wolf comes and snatches the sheep and scatters them. I want to talk today that Satan is at the door. In verse 1 of John 10, I want you to look at it with me. Jesus says, truly, truly, or in other words, he's saying, surely, I'm telling you, you can be assured of this truth is basically what that phrase means. Jesus is saying, with assurance, I'm telling you this, that he who does not come in the sheepfold by the door. And I wanted to answer that today. What is the sheepfold? And two, What is the door? Because that will tell us how you and I are to act in this present evil age. Whoever tries to come into the sheepfold and doesn't come through the door but climbs over, what does Jesus say? That man is a thief and a robber. So Wednesday, I wake up very early and I felt the Lord tell me Satan is trying to rob many things from the families of your church. Satan is trying to steal, he's trying to kill, and he's trying to destroy. That's verse number 10. And I felt the Holy Spirit say, this is what I want your church to do about it today. The Lord said, I want you to interrupt your series. I want you to bring it to a halt. I want you to pivot. I want you to change course. Why? Because many families have been under an attack. Many families, including mine, have been under severe attack. And the Holy Spirit said... This feels like a surprise attack, doesn't it, on your church? Yes, it does, actually. (laughs) And the Lord said, well, don't just sit there. Your church needs to give the enemy a surprise attack. Stop the series, change course, and say what I tell you to say. And I told the Lord, I said, I don't know what to say. I don't know what to preach from. And I felt like the Lord said, what you do Sunday, and we're going to pray for people at the end of the day. We're going to pray as a church family. And I felt the Lord say, what you do Sunday is far more important than anything you can say. Be obedient to me. And that's what we're going to seek to do today. We're going to be obedient to the Lord. So if you're someone that you have felt attacks lately from the enemy, let me tell you, you're not alone. And it's not unusual. Unusual. And God's not picking on you. I want you to know that. I want to show you today what the sheepfold is. I want to show you what the door is. I want to show you who your true shepherd is. And I want to show you why greater is he that is in you than he who is in the world. So what's the sheepfold? What does he say, verse 1? Anyone who tries to enter the sheepfold... By not coming through the door is a thief and a robber. What is the sheepfold? Well, in Jesus' day, this was quite fascinating. They would make these areas for the sheep to sleep at night. Daytime, they would, you know, they, they would graze the pastures and, and there was a great deal of freedom. But at night is when they were vulnerable. The shepherd could see danger well in the daytime. He could not see quite well at night. So they would have this enclosure, and typically what they would do is they would build these stone walls. They would would put these walls up that were tall enough that a sheep could not jump over, but they were tall enough too that a predator could not easily get in or a thief could not so easily climb in. And a wise shepherd would even take uh, thorn bristles and he would put them along the top I think an ancient kind of an ancient razor wire right? Just to make it even more difficult for any thief for any robber to get into the fold and if you were a little sheep let me tell you where you wanted to be at night you do not want to be out grazing where predators were you wanted to be safe inside the fold So what is the door? Well, within this enclosure, they would have this narrow door, this little entryway where the sheep could go in and out. That's verse 9. And what a good shepherd would do, what a wise shepherd would do, is when he would call his sheep to come in for the night, he would have some cold water for them. What did David say? My cup overflows. And they would come in for the night, and he would inspect each one. And he would look for cuts, and he would look for infections. He would look for infestations. He would look for bugs and anything that would disturb the sheep. He would take care of it right then. And they would come in and out through the doorway. But here's what was so unique to shepherds. Do you know what shepherds did at nighttime? They slept over the doorway. Nothing could go out and most certainly nothing could come in without the shepherd's attention. Can we say amen to that? And what does Jesus say in verse 9? Jesus says, I am the door. Anyone that comes into the sheepfold through me, Jesus says, is safe. There's no other way into the sheepfold. There's no other way into this flock of God than to come through the door, who is Jesus Christ. And what does he say? Whoever comes in through me is safe. Praise God. Help me out with that last piece of verse 9. Verse nine, somebody help me. Oh, yes, thank you. Oh, I knew I was missing something. I could feel it. You remember, it's all up here in the vault. I can't always get it out. (laughs) It's in there. I just don't know if it's going to come out. (laughs) And look what it says. It goes in and out in pasture. Now, that's a beautiful phrase. That's a beautiful phrase. You know what that tells me? There needs to be balance to the Christian life. There needs to be balance in my life. There needs to be times that I am out serving the Lord, that I am going full force in faith. There are times that I am working. There are times that I am witnessing. There are times that I'm out in the fields and I am doing what a little sheep does. But there also better be times at night that I come in and I rest. And I'm safe. And I'm under the watchful care of the shepherd. A sheep cannot stay out to pasture all the time. It has to come into the fold. It has to rest. It's got to be under the care of the shepherd. And you know what Satan will want you to do? He'll want you to get out in the pastures. And he'll want to get you out by yourself. He'll want to isolate you. Do you know why he wants to isolate you? Because he's a predator. What did we see last week in 1 Peter 5? He is as a roaring lion prowling about seeking someone to devour. And I'm, Say amen if you're with me right now. The Lord has a word for some of you today. Some of you live your spiritual life. You live your Christian life in isolation. And you're not in the sheepfold. You're not coming in. You're not safe with the other flock. You're over here and you're isolated. No. That's where Satan will pick you off. That's where he'll devour. That's where he's seeking someone. 1 Peter 5, 10. He's seeking, or verse 8. He's seeking someone to devour. Don't be outside the fold. Don't let Satan isolate you. Do you know what the difference is between isolation and solitude? See, solitude is good. You should be a person of solitude from time to time. I'm in solitude every morning with God. I love solitude. I I do my best thinking in solitude. I do my best praying in solitude. But I'm still supposed to be with the flock. Do you know what solitude is? Solitude is when you are alone with God. Do you know what isolation is? It's when you are alone with you. And that's a bad place to be. When you're alone with your thoughts, when you're alone with your feelings, When you're alone with your trauma, you're alone with your past, you're alone with your memories. Let me tell you, no, that's not a good place to be. That's where Satan will do his best work. Get with the flock. Amen. Come inside the sheepfold where you're going to be safe with the shepherd. Because you know who's sleeping by that door every night? The chief shepherd. The good shepherd. The great shepherd. Can we say amen today? Amen. Help me out, please. Verse 10. Ah, The thief. Everybody say thief. The, thief. the thief comes only to steal, kill, and to destroy. If you want to know Satan's agenda for your family, right there it is. If you want to know Satan's plots for you, right there it is. You want to know what the enemy is planning for you? There it is. Christ could not be any more clear. To steal, to kill, and to destroy. So why would we mess around with him? I want to say this pastorally. I want to say this carefully. I want to say this as an under-shepherd of the Lord Jesus Christ, who is our chief shepherd. Some of you are tapping on the glass with the enemy. You're playing with sin. Some of you are permitting your children to play with sin. And we don't see Satan for the threat that he truly is. We don't see Satan for the threat that he really is. Anybody watching this balloon thing with China? Anybody paying attention to that? Did anybody take any pictures of it? I heard someone say, and I thought this was very interesting. You, you look at some of the things that China has done and what they're doing now. And I can't remember who I heard say this, but uh, it, it really resonated with me. They said that we are treating that communist government and not the people, not the believer. You need to understand, God has a thriving church in China. God has a people in China, and we are one body. You need to understand that. But when it comes to this communist government, someone said this, and it really resonated with me. They said, we are treating China like we treated Al-Qaeda prior to 9-11. We did not see them for the threat that they truly were. I wonder if your family is doing the same with the enemy. Are you doing the same with the wolf that's by the door? Are you doing the same with the serpent that's at the door? Are you treating him As the threat that he truly is. I will never forget that dream as long as I live. See, I thought because that thing was on the outside, I thought I could play with it. I never dreamed it would get on the inside. Listen, some of your homes, you think you have the enemy on the outside but you're playing, you're messing, you're enter, hear that word the Holy Spirit's giving? You're entertaining. You're entertaining. And before you know it, that thing's gonna be inside your home. So what are we to do? What are we to do? The thief comes only to steal, to kill, and to destroy. But Jesus says he came to give life and to give it more abundant. Verse number 11, he says, I am the good shepherd. I lay down my life for the sheep. Verse number 12, a hired hand, a hireling, who is not a shepherd, Who does not own the sheep. He has nothing invested. Verse 13. He don't care for the sheep. There's nothing. He's not authentic. He's not true. When he sees the wolf coming, he'll leave the sheep and allow them to be devoured. I think what the Holy Spirit is saying to us as a church today is, Are we going to shepherd people today? As Christ is the great shepherd, are we going to be his under shepherds? Are we going to protect our families? Are we going to protect our children? Are we going to protect their friends? Are we going to protect our city? Are we going to protect our schools? Or are we going to be the hired hand? That when we see the enemy come, we just say, It's my four and no more. As long as I'm safe, as long as I'm okay, I won't engage the enemy. Or are we gonna say, No, God's called us to shepherd this generation? Amen. Amen. What are we gonna do? What are we gonna do? I tell you what I wanna do. I wanna take my post. I want to take my cue from the chief shepherd himself. And if the chief shepherd says, Chad, greater is he who is in you than than he who is in the world, I don't want to fear anything from the enemy. I don't want to entertain him. I don't want to mess with it. I don't want to play around with it. I want to stand against it. Why? Because ultimately, you know who's in the doorway of my life? The good shepherd. Do you know who's in the doorway of your life? The good shepherd. Here's the question today. Are you outside? Are you out there playing around like a, a little cute sheep? you don't realize the predators? You don't realize that he comes only, only to steal, kill, and to destroy. Let me tell you the three things Satan wants to do in your life today. He wants to distract you. Some of you, that box is already checked by He wants to distract you. Second, he wants to deceive you. Let me tell you, God is not the author of confusion. God will be crystal clear with you. Friends, his word is crystal clear. He's not the author of confusion. He's not the author of it. Confusion comes from the enemy. Deception comes from the enemy. And when he is distracted and when he is deceived, do you know what his ultimate goal is? Verse 10. To destroy. Why? Because he prowls about today we're going to get inside the fold we're going to look to our shepherd who is guarding the doorway and you say Chad what's my responsibility stop entertaining sin stop messing around with it repent of it resist it reject it, renounce it greater is he who is in me than he who is in the world (laughs) what I felt instructed by the Lord to do today I know we're tight quarters around here I can't see it but I can feel it I can't walk into anything without bumping into a chair (laughs) it's good to push chairs out of the way if we've got to move some rows we'll do it but if your family if you if your family, if your children if your marriage, if your parents whatever, your interest if you have been under attack lately we're going to pray together, we're going to bind this stuff we're going to take authority over it Why? Because greater is he who's in us. Listen, this this thing that that I've been dealing with this last week or so, uh, the spirit that I've been dealing with, let me tell you, the the Lord so graciously, so wonderfully, so uh, lovingly, he told me Wednesday morning, he said, Chad, I want you to repent. I want you to repent because you are acting like and you are praying like this thing is greater than me, and it's not. I mean, I was doing everything I could do. I was binding it, I was arresting it, I was rebuking it, I was, I was doing everything, and, and I was getting, I, I was just like a knotted up like a pretzel. And the Lord said, That's not faith. Because you're acting as though it's stronger than me, it's not. Just stand in my authority and resist him firm in your faith. And the Lord said, Child, do the rest. Amen. If you've been under attack and you need prayer, here's what we're going to do different today. We're not going to kneel. I want to invite people to come forward and we're all going to stand. We're just going to stand right here along the front and we're going to pray together. Okay? We're going to stand. As the people of God. We're going to stand in the sheepfold. Amen. So if that's you, I want you to come forward. If it's many of us, push chairs out of your way. Don't push people out of the way. Push chairs out of the way. told me, we're going to draw a line in the sand today. We're drawing a line in the sand. We're going to take the sword of the Spirit and we're going to say, enough is enough. I don't know about you, but Satan's not going to slap me around. Not when God's my father. I'm not going to take it. I'm not going to take it. you need to repent of? Maybe an attitude today that you need to repent. Is it lack of faith? You need to repent of that. God, increase my faith. I I don't accept a lack of faith in my heart. I, I won't let it be there. Is it unbelief? You need to repent of that. Is it this need that you can handle everything and You can take care of everything on your own. You need to repent of that. Is it pride? You need to repent of that. Whatever it is, get that out of the way. Repent right now of it. Just say, God, forgive me of this. You you know Some of us right now I, God wants to deal with some things in you I feel that so strong some of you have roots of rejection within you but let me tell you where we're going with this Hebrews series I'm calling it an anchor for the soul which is straight out of the Hebrews straight out of the text talk about soul. We're going to talk about identity, who we really are. Some of you, your identity's messed up because you've been rejected in your past. There's insecurities, there's rejections, there's soul hurts within you. You're, you can't function right because of what other people have done to you. learn in the book of Hebrews who we really are in Christ we're going to learn that and it's going to become an anchor for you it's going to be an anchor to your very soul, an anchor to your very identity, amen you need to ask God to show you any roots of rejection in you that's led to sin, that's leading to sin Listen, your shepherd can deal with this stuff. Your shepherd can help you. Your shepherd is a... Listen, he's a physician of the soul. Amen. Now we're going to humble ourselves right now under the mighty hand of God. the Lord's going to help us the Lord's going to help us we're going to take our eyes off the wolf because he's forever trying to get in but we're going to take our eyes off him, we're going to put our eyes on the shepherd today because he's guarding the door he is the door, amen he is the door he is the door He is the door. And the wolf's not going to get through. So that's why we're going to stand in faith. That's why we're going to live in victory today. Come on, let's pray right now. Why don't you join hands with somebody or touch touch a shoulder or whatever. Let's let's pray in faith right now. So, Lord, we are yours in Jesus' name. We are your sheep. We're the sheep of your pasture. You're the good shepherd. You're the great shepherd. You're the chief shepherd. And Lord, we feel the enemy prowling about us today. We feel Satan trying to find a foothold. But we rebuke him in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ today. And we draw a line in the sand. We say we belong to the Lord. We're in the sheepfold, we're protected by the Holy Spirit. We're protected by the heavenly host, by the angelic armies. We're protected by the seal of God. We're protected by the chief shepherd himself. And Satan will not get in, in Jesus' name. So all of these attacks, all of this warfare, Lord God, we put on the whole armor of God, and we stand in the strength of the Lord. Amen every lying spirit you be condemned in the name of the lord every spirit of confusion we bring truth right now in jesus name every foul and wicked thing trying to oppose this church every wicked thing trying to hinder the people of god may the lord rebuke you You have opened up new pastures for us, Lord. And you're the door. And in you, we're going to go out and we're going to come in. And the psalmist said, blessed are we in our rising up and in our setting down. In our going out and in our coming in. Why? Because you're the door. And in you, we find safety. You're a strong tower. And the righteous run into you and are safe. And you're the door. And we're safe today in Jesus' name. We are safe today in Jesus' name. And the devil's not going to have our children. And the devil's not going to have our grandchildren. And he's not going to have our marriage. And he's not going to have our flock. Greater is he who is in us. And we thank you for it, Lord God. We thank you for it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So we bind up every work of the enemy. Jesus, you came to destroy the works of the devil. And may you destroy the works of the devil that's trying in our life and in our church. Utterly destroy him in Jesus' name. Destroy his works. Frustrate his plans. Cause him to trip. Cause him to stumble, God. Keep him outside the sheepfold in the name of the Lord Jesus. Exactly as your word commands, we resist him firm in our faith. We repent of our sin. We stand firm. Have you visited my online store where you can find books, music, sermon series, and so much more. I hope you'll go there today, awakentograce.com slash store, and keep checking back because our resources that are designed for spiritual growth are always growing. Awakentograce.com slash store.